Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Employee benefits should be simple, but as employers continue to expand their employee benefit offerings to improve engagement, productivity, and retain talent, the majority of people are confused. According to MetLife, 60% of employees do not understand what programs are available to them, how they might help them, or how to use them. Coupled with the complexity of the American healthcare system and employee-offered health insurance, it's clear that HR leaders must have a strategy to deliver an experience that drives benefit literacy, illustrates the value employers get from their benefits, and is easy to use. In this HR Chat episode, I'm going to chat with Michael Melchar, Vice President of Product Strategy at Virgin Pulse. And he's going to join me to discuss how a centralized, inclusive benefit experience can emphasize what your people care about and embed into their daily routines all of those wonderful healthcare and well-being programs. Uh, We'll also talk about how one can increase benefit utilization and value to the employee and maximize the ROI for your organization. Michael, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the show today. Thanks, Bill. Uh, Really excited to be here to have this conversation on benefits today. Did I absolutely murder the pronunciation of your surname, sir? No, you got got really close. It's a a tough one. Uh, It's Melchior. Okay. All right. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm close enough. I'm, I'm happy with that, but let's just acknowledge, <laughs> let's acknowledge that it, it wasn't perfect. Um, okay, so uh, firstly, I'd, I'd love to hear from you a little bit about your background, your academic and your career background, and what brought you to uh, being the Vice President of Product Strategy at Virgin Pulse. Yeah, absolutely. So to, to go back a fair ways, a couple of decades, um, my academic background is really in politics, economics, and statistics. Um, and sort of bounced around a fair amount, was out on the West Coast uh, at Berkeley and Stanford and ended up doing my graduate work at the London School of of Economics. Um, And then coming out of graduate school, um, what I thought was a temporary sort of detour out of academics, it was originally on a a track towards, uh, you know, entering the the professor's life, um, entered technology um, at, at a pretty important time and started initially um, with uh, mass media broadcast. Uh, so working with the likes of NBC, CNN, and then over the course of, let's say, the first decade, um, found my way into healthcare well-being um, and have for the last 15 years, you know, with everything from product management to user experience design, um, and most recently over the course of the last seven years, uh, really product strategy, um, working with Redbrick Health initially, um, and then uh, when we merged with Virgin Pulse, um, now working with Virgin Pulse. Um, so have been uh, lucky and excited to just see both the development of this industry, um, its sophistication, its reach, um, both in approach, the, the kind of technologies we're able to deploy, um, our understanding of behavior. Um, so it's been sort of a, a thrilling ride over the course of the last decade or so. Benefits, they're an essential part of well-being condition management and how employees connect with their workforce, of course. The, the current landscape is pretty complex, it's vast, it's confusing. Can you can you share with our listeners more about how Virgin Pulse currently tries to solve this and your vision of moving forward? And, and maybe you could also share why employers or health plans should invest in benefits navigation solutions as, as a critical component of their health and wellbeing strategy. 
Yeah, absolutely. So benefits are essential, you know, because they offer a positive opportunity um, to tackle a condition, uh, to substantiate a better healthy routine. Um, but as you sort of mentioned in the lead up, uh, they are oftentimes obscure. Right? So the current landscape is fragmented, uh, you know, vast and complex. And that complexity ends up preventing both employees, employers, health plans, and their members um, from not only understanding, but utilizing um, and ultimately maximizing those health and uh, well-being benefits. Um, so you've got, you know, well, health plans and employers are continually working to sort of optimize their benefits programs and deliver uh, personalized health and well-being. Individuals end up struggling to stay apprised of what benefits do they have available to them, you know, uh, you know, keeping those uh, those individuals in a cycle of care avoidance um, or even delaying the start uh, of care and uh, leaves them vulnerable to high cost, low value care. Um, and many of those individuals end up lacking information and guidance um, on how to even use them. And so, you know, as a result, you end up with employers who are frustrated uh, with low utilization um, and an inability to consolidate and communicate what benefits are being offered um, and how to align them with sort of that desired employee experience. Um, so proactively directing employees to those higher value benefits, um, especially the ones focused on, you know, providing physical, mental, and emotional support um, ends up being a top priority for organizations, um, especially during the pandemic. Um, but, you know, no surprise, poorly designed tools, single point solutions, and a lack of trust impact the delivery uh, of those high value interactions uh, to employees and their families. Um, you know, and although employees are the end uh, sort of benefit user, um, because the employer's partner choices drives that experience, the employees are often left on their own to navigate, um, you know, sort of imperfect solutions, that sort of confusing landscape. And that ends up impacting both present and future health, as well as financial and well-being decisions. Um, now, the tack we take uh, with Virgin Pulse's home base for health um, it's an approach that aims to drive user engagement um, with a goal of really accelerating population health outcomes by both reducing the friction as well as the complexity inherent to that fragmented benefits ecosystem. Um, you know, so as organizations um, are increasingly sort of trying to put employees at the center of the health and well-being strategies, Virgin Pulse um, is really well positioned to deliver that branded benefit navigation experience. So. Um, you know, by way of example, our benefit solution enables employees to tap into benefits uh, in the context of their health and lifestyle um, sort of routines, and then use those selected benefits um, as building blocks. Um, and so really, like so with one unified and connected experience, um, we really end up helping individuals more easily access high value benefits by delivering them in both a personalized as well as sort of a well orchestrated and more easily consumable way um, that ultimately ends up driving positive outcomes. So Michael, you're not gonna believe this. I've, I've recorded, uh, gosh, I don't know, probably touching 250 HR chat interviews since we started doing this, okay? And uh, many of those have been with those in the, in the wellness space, whether they're providers or end users in some way. And up until this year, the, the conversation was more along the lines of, well, these are things that you should 
totally do. And it's going to show your employees how much you love them if you offer all these extra benefits and, and you go above and beyond what an employer brand was traditionally about. And then 2020 happened. And 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 I think what part of part of the results of 2020 is it's kind of driven home to a lot of companies how important healthcare benefits are for their people. Um, and they're not just a, a nice to have. They're, they're not an add-on to make sure that you get your top talent and you retain them and you can grow them. It's far more important than that. We're, we're not just at the moment trying to avoid the virus, but we're also focusing on ways to, to get and stay healthy to prevent other illnesses or diseases as, as a lot of us are locked down and have limited access to exercise, for example. How do you think that this pandemic is a wake-up call for, for people and for businesses to put their health first and to start utilising all the healthcare benefits that are available and offered to them through through their company? Yeah, I think it's a great question. Uh, you know, I forget who said it, but it it was mentioned that the, the pandemic um, really isn't introducing anything. It is rapidly accelerating um, sort of these needs. Uh, the, it, it's really demonstrating, I think, the criticality of well-being and health solutions. Um, and so a recent study by Edelman showed um, that we have a significant trust issue um, related to, to COVID-19. Uh, and there is actually so much fear and misinformation going around whether you're talking about mask wearing, whether you're talking about following guidance from your uh, local, uh, state, local, national, international um, sort of health authorities or, or government, um, it, people are left not knowing what to do or with the confidence of what to do. And that fear and anxiety is rising. And, and so what that ends up meaning um, is that there isn't just a sense of uncertainty uh, when it comes to returning to the workplace, uh, but there's actually... Uh, diminishing or challenged appetite for return even to everyday activities. And, and how this sort of affects people's sort of health and utilization of those health benefits is that people are, end up neglecting basic preventative care. Um, so the, the study I referenced um, showed that uh, less than 50% of people have the intention of entering a doctor's office. Um, and the dentist's office is even less than that. I think it's around like 36%. And so you've got people that are hesitant to go to the doctor really for any medical need um, that ends up leaving them not just for uh, sort of elective care, but um, leaving them without critical primary or chronic care. Um, and you know, so you, you've got people uh, doing care avoidance as well as postponing um, sort of critical or important procedures. And so you add all of that up um, alongside the disruption employees already have in, in every other area of their life, add in the stress and the uncertainty, and you end up having a, a huge mental crisis. Um, you know, we, it was looming. Uh, there was already signs sort of pre-pandemic that uh, behavioral health um, really was sort of an, uh, on the rise, and it is spiking uh, pretty much everywhere now. Um, and so, you, know, you, you look at all of that and making benefits easier, um, easier to access ends up being more crucial than ever for organizations, you know, organizations that are trying to put the health of their people first um, and as the critical first step in maintaining both the, the business continuity, getting people back into the workplace, um, as well as people getting, uh, getting people back into the routine um, of actually utilize, utilizing that care. Uh, lots of employers in North America, it's like lack of employee engagement with benefit programs as a core challenge, Michael. How can employers get the full value from their benefits package and ensure that they are addressing the needs of, 
of their workforce. What what are what are some of those benefits of connecting benefits navigation to an integrated engagement platform? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you you hinted at this a little bit earlier, but so employers are under pressure, um, you know, to offer pretty competitive, highly competitive benefits packages. And in fact, we're seeing that um, on the rise. You know, uh, one of the other uh, effects of the pandemic is increasing work from home, uh, but also increasing uh, distributed strategies for um, uh, retaining and uh, getting new talent. So now you might have a company located in California um, or New York or in Montreal, and really now they have opened up the gates and are looking for the best employees um, you know, anywhere, not just in their city or their region, um, but across the country, or, or in some cases, even really across the world. And so when it comes to offering those, those highly competitive benefits packages, you know, both to differentiate, attract, and retain talent, um, they need uh, to sort of pack it in with an ever-expanding selection of benefits. Um, but they also have rising costs, uh, making it pretty difficult to be thoughtful around what a, an appropriately curated benefit experience um, looks like and how to present that value in a meaningful and relevant way that allows them to achieve their broader goals. Um, you know, whether that's outcomes or cost containment. Um, and you saw that um, Willis Towers Watson found that only a minority of employees um, actually think of their benefits uh, as truly effective. So on the one hand, you're, you're sort of positioning these as a competitive benefit package as a differentiator as an employer, um, and you have an image problem, a branding problem in terms of whether or not they're viewed as effective uh, by the, uh, both the employers and the employees. But let's take a step back. You know, so what employees are looking to achieve um, from their benefits package uh, has also evolved. Um, you know, traditionally, you know, they were looking for core health and retirement uh, elements. Uh, but in today's world, they're expected to do really so much more. You know, I mean, whether we're talking about improving employee well-being, um, driving engagement and workplace culture, um, you know, ensuring diversity and inclusion, um, and reinforcing corporate social responsibility uh, to the point where we started with attracting and retaining talent and more. I mean, that's a lot to ask um, of your benefits packages. And so employee benefits uh, end up being a solution to this broad set of problems and goals. So how can employers end up achieving those goals with their benefits investment? So one of the key challenges um, employers face is awareness. You know, you, you look out there and it's about 52% of employers uh, say that they struggle in actually even communicating um, the benefits. Um, and that's really the top of the funnel. That's the, the start of the conversation. Um, and benefits engagement uh, ends up lacking as well. About 45%, um, you know, as you mentioned, 45% of employers cite that as a key issue. So you've got communication and engagement um, as major uh, challenges. So the solution for this ends up folding your benefits into an engagement platform. Really, you know, sort of a, a place that employees already have trusted, supported relationship uh, to help drive that communication, to drive awareness, to drive literacy, um, and ultimately utilization. So you, you end up by delivering a personalized member experience uh, that connects the right employees to the right benefits to, you know, hopefully um, and demonstrably unlock that benefit value um, you're leading to appropriate utilization um, and ultimately reduction in those high cost claims. So to get the full value 
uh, from their benefit package and really address the needs of the workforce, uh, like all of those varied needs that we highlighted. Um, employees, or sorry, employers um, end up needing to meet their employees where they are today. Uh, you know, so they're navigating to resolve present needs um, and providing next steps guidance uh, to continue their health journey. So it's really about taking all of those benefits and combining them with an effective uh, engagement platform, really sort of taking those opportunities and embedding them within the routine, um, embedding that communication and that promotion um, within a, a pattern of behavior uh, that consumers and members are already established in. Okay, let's just play that forward a little bit then. Um, I'm, a, I'm a new employee at a, at a firm uh, that uses all the wonderful services from Virgin Pulse, okay? And um, I've been hired and I'm, in, I'm going through the initial onboarding and whatnot and I'm having a chat with, with my HR person. Um, how do they go about communicating the benefits of, of, of the Virgin Pulse platform that I can take advantage of? How is that a different conversation to, uh, to one with an HR department in a company that doesn't use the Virgin Pulse services? It's, you know, it's, it's a wide variety of things. So it's going to depend somewhat on your industry. Um, it's going to, it's going to depend obviously on your program setup and your communication strategy. But if we look at uh, sort of best practices, um, it's going to come down to being sort of multimodal. So as a new employee, you're coming in and you're being exposed uh, to the well-being and health offerings to your benefits in a wide variety of ways. Um, some of them are going to be really explicit. You're probably going to get a packet um, that sort of lays out what you have available to you. Um, but some of them are going to be much more proactive, intelligent, um, and involve sort of selective outreach. So communications that target your email, um, potentially that target your text, both introducing you to the broad program, but really creating a more specific uh, uh, sort of onboarding, uh, an entry point. Let's get you started with well-being. And the way in which you can create enticement um, will, again, depend on how the program is set up. But oftentimes, it's sort of reducing lift. It's getting uh, the members to come in, um, you know, maybe just introduce themselves, look around, start to establish that basic routine, um, and get an incentive um, or an initial reward for doing so. Really sort of getting past that initial conversion point so you can establish the ongoing dialogue, and you've reached out to those audiences in intelligent ways that, that are really sort of omnimodal, sort of reaching out through live services, reaching out through email and text, um, establishing as broad a cast as possible, but doing so in highly personalized ways. Um, and then as you bring people into the platform, and that's whether that's through the, the application, the, the mobile app, um, or the site, establishing a routine, establishing a really sort of a multidimensional routine that leans into stress, nutrition, uh, exercise, um, health scenarios, really reflecting where the, the member starts, what are the things that they're concerned with, what are their levels in those areas, whether you're talking about literacy um, or levels of engagement, continuing to wrap those things in an effective uh, incentive strategy and offering really at each of those points, uh, the member a variety of ways to interact, whether it's through uh, social interaction, through challenges or social groups and conversation, whether it's leaning into uh, coaching mechanisms, whether it's digital or live in their routine, and then using that framework of engagement really to help drive benefit uh, and program awareness. Uh, again, you know, sort of establishing that, that regular sustainable engagement pattern um, and then like other opportunities, surfacing benefits, literacy opportunities um, and key moments of utilization. Um, and that could really be 
uh, a benefit that's tied to uh, a recent condition um, or making members aware of uh, pending deadlines or opportunities that maybe they have been taking a, a advantage of in the past. And so if we look back at sort of a, a previous question we talked about, it, it is that melding of the engagement platform, the well-being and health dimensions, and the benefits information, the synthesis of that, that really creates an effective framework for onboarding uh, members, substantiating that routine, and then using that framework to bring in uh, benefits, not as an abstracted set of uh, opportunities, but really as a contextualized set of opportunities um, that relate to their routine, that relate to specific opportunities or challenges in their lives. So listeners, you're going to get an insight into my um, my TV consumption behavior. My, my, my mind has now gone from The Simpsons to, to The Office. Do, do you remember when Ryan invented, what was it called, Woof? And then uh, employees could have messages sent at, at once through Facebook, SMS, Twitter, and a whole bunch of other places. Um, <laughs> it reminded me a little bit of that in terms of finding the best ways to, to communicate with your people and make sure that you're doing that through multiple mediums to drive home all of those benefits. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I think that ends up being a really critical part of it. Um, and it's, it's, I think it's having those different channels available to you. It's understanding um, what the preference of the member is, um, as, as well as the content um, and the tone with which you're trying to deliver those things. Um, and it's the combination of those things through uh, both digital and live means and the application of intelligence um, that really allows you to deliver these opportunities in the right way with the right sort of framing um, that uh, in a lot of cases ends up meaning uh, higher awareness, uh, higher conversion, um, you know, better, uh, more sustainable utilization. Which is also a great connection with a lot of conversations I've had in the past with guests about the, the overlaps between the human resource department and the marketing department, frankly, and knowing how to target your people in the right ways at the right times to maximize conversion. It, it's similar sort of lessons. Uh, we'll have to dig out a, a past interview which looks at that and share that alongside this article when we when we publish it. Um, now then, let's talk a bit about data. Data is critical. Lack of centralized and structured data limits a deep understanding of employee behavior and utilization, impacting the deployment of proactive and cost-effective interventions michael how is virgin pulse solving this and working in ways to ensure that employers can determine what programs are driving value and enabling cost-effective strategies yeah no i mean it's a sort of an, a, an excellent question to arrive on um data is really the lifeblood um of a lot of the processes that we've been talking about um and underlying you know whether we're talking about benefits utilization whether we're talking about uh driving uh helping drive members uh, towards effective well-being and health outcomes. Um, a lot of it has to do, with, one of the major challenges has to do with how impersonal uh, oftentimes well-being, health, the delivery of it um, can seem. And understanding your populations, your individuals is key to that. Um, you know, employers need to understand what their employees think of their benefits, um, how they use the tools um, and the solutions that are made available to them. And, you know, so to do this, uh, employers right now uh, end up relying, uh, in many cases, on vendors to deliver sort of robust data sets to determine the, the return on investment of their benefits program. Uh, and then you have to look at that and start multiplying that with how many different benefits programs they have. 
um, you know, 30% of employers uh, with uh, more than 15,000 employees provide 20 or more solutions. So we talked at the very beginning um, about the, the fragmented nature of all of these point solutions, all of the different uh, vendors that many people try to sort of put together uh, into a consolidated or an aggregated set. Uh, they're all returning distinct data in distinct ways. And it really does create um, sort of a cacophony um, of information that, that these limit, oftentimes limited HR teams, um, just in terms of person power, have to try to unpack and make sense of. So the lack of that centralized and structured data ends up limiting a, a deeper understanding of the employee behavior and utilization um, and ends up preventing the employer from making more informed decisions that ensure the ongoing relevance of their programs. You know, are they achieving ongoing BOI or ROI? Um, and are they managing effectively those costs? Um, it also ends up impacting the deployment of more proactive cost-effective interventions uh, before they become high cost claims. Um, so in terms of Virgin Pulse, it, it, a few things that are happening. Um, one, we're providing clients robust program and performance analytics um, that actually extend into our ecosystem. So we're making sense in many ways of that aggregated set, both what we do um, as well as the, the partners that can integrate against our platform. That's one of the key uh, differentiators and a really powerful part of this solution um, is making sense of that complexity um, so that we enable those HR teams to maximize their investments, um, to actually conduct meaningful uh, return on investment measurement um, and drive more you know, and enable more cost-effective strategies across all of their benefits. Um, another way in which uh, we use the data is really, um, and this is to build on a couple of the other questions, to, to deliver on that end user experience, to make well-being, health, and benefits experience personal, meaningful, and effective, um, affecting both uh, how we communicate it, you know, from initial broadcasts uh, and onboarding scenarios, all the way through sort of deep routine uh, condition management or benefits utilization scenarios, um, understanding who we're talking to, preferences, um, what they care about, what they're doing, maybe what they're not doing, um, the ways in which they uh, enjoy and are effective uh, moving through their own life, whether that's dealing with uh, live individuals, a coach or a guide, um, or digital tools such as uh, coaching or um, uh, something along the lines of uh, a social challenge. You know, all of those things can be effective vehicles, uh, not just for well-being, but really for increasing benefits, literacy, um, utilization and effectiveness. And data sits at the heart of all of those things, whether we're providing a better comprehensive and aggregated reporting to the administrators or driving a more personal and effective experience to the, to the end user member. Wonderful. We are already at the end of this interview, Michael. Uh, I would love to get you on again in the very near future. So, but before we wrap up for today, how can our listeners connect with you, whether that's through LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, maybe you want to give your email address, uh, perhaps you'd like to share with some people where you live, I don't know. And uh, <laughs> and, and, and also, uh, how can they learn more about all the awesome things happening over at Virgin Pulse? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find me uh, at email at michael.melcher at virginpulse.com. Uh, you can find me uh, on LinkedIn uh, at Michael Melcher uh, with Virgin Pulse. Living is hard. I, I tend to bounce around a lot. I'm based in Providence, but I spend time in a, a handful of cities around the United States. So tracking me down physically might be a little bit hard, uh, but definitely reach out uh, through LinkedIn or email 
um, and would be happy to continue this conversation with anyone interested. That just leads me to say for today, Michael, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Yeah, Bill, it's been my pleasure. Thank you very much. And listeners, as always, until next time, stay safe and happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette. 